Hey friends, this is Sorabi bringing you episode two of Mom Strength. In this episode, we talk about six simple ways that you can take care of yourself postpartum in those first six weeks postpartum especially to make sure that your healing is optimally as you possibly can. And these six things are kind of a guiding framework for yourself postpartum. But before we get started... Welcome to Mom Strength, a podcast and movement to empower, educate, and showcase mom strength inside and out. I'm your host, Surabi Veach, physiotherapist and fitness coach, also known as the Passionate Physio. Join me for discussions on movement, mindset, and motherhood, where we raise the bar and challenge the status quo. Get ready for expert interviews and real, honest conversations where we explore physical, mental, and emotional health. Let's celebrate the beautiful diversity and common experiences in all of our journeys. Let's do this. Hey friends, so I want to go into what those first six weeks postpartum is going to look like for you and ways to optimize your healing because your body is so good at healing and we just need to get out of the way to let it heal and we also need to find little ways to boost our body's innate capacity to heal and so I'm going to share with you six things that you can be doing to promote healing in your body Um, and things that will also set you up better for exercise down the road um, and movement and more energy because those first six weeks are key. You know, you're establishing, if you're breastfeeding, you're establishing your milk supply. If you're not breastfeeding or if you're you're pumping, it's the same thing. You're regulating your milk, milk supply. And even if you're not, your body's still regulating all of its hormones again. There's a big drop in hormones that happens immediately, you know, in those first few days after birth. Um, There's all the emotional and mental changes. There's the sleep deprivation and all in all, those first six weeks are very challenging. And it's something that we often slough over. Um, You know, we, we congratulate the new mother, oh my gosh, you have a baby, amazing. And then it becomes all about the baby and how's baby doing? And um, oh my gosh, baby's so cute. Or, you know, it's all focused on the baby. And that's, that's great. Obviously, we are very excited when people have children. But we also can't forget that the mother has been through a huge transition, whether it's your first, second, third, fifth time or more having a baby, there's still a massive transition that happens in your body that we need to honor. So the first six weeks is not the time that you clean your fridge inside and out. It's not the time that you part, you know, take part in any home renovations or big chores that you don't have to do. I understand there might be situations where you don't have any choice, but you have to do certain things. But it's also not the time to be a hero and do it all. And there, even if you feel good, even if you feel like, hey, I, I feel pretty good. I have the energy. Because it's not about you having the energy. It's also protecting your, your energy and saving it for your body to heal. Because on the outside, you may feel 
like by four weeks or even by three or four weeks, you may feel pretty good. But on the inside, you still have a dinner plate sized wound that is healing. And that's your placenta wound um, healing inside your uterus. And first of all, can we just acknowledge how amazing the placenta is? It is an organ that you're creating. Like how magical is that? Um, And then your body, you know, releases it when it doesn't need it anymore. And then of course, that wound has to heal as your uterus shrinks back to its regular size, your pre-pregnancy size. And, you know, as you're healing in those first few weeks postpartum, what can you do to help yourself? So here are some simple things that you can do. BEDMAS. So BEDMAS is an acronym that I came up with for you to remember when you're in those postpartum, you know, postpartum phase um, healing. So B stands for breathe. So after you have a baby, there is going to be this moment of like awe and joy um, for some and for others, that moment comes much later on. But Every single person in those first six weeks is going to experience stress because your baby is crying. You know, oftentimes newborns cry a lot. Um, Your sleep is completely disrupted. You are, your hormones are all over the place. We talked about that a little bit. Your milk is coming in or your you know, your wounds are healing, maybe you had a surgical birth or an episiotomy or some scar tissue from uh, tearing that needs to now heal. So there's pain potentially involved. So there is a lot going on in those first few weeks. So breathing is one simple way to help calm down your sympathetic nervous system activity and to increase your parasympathetic nervous system activity. So your sympathetic nervous system is that kind of that flight or fight or freeze side of your body, which kind of reacts to more of the, you know, exciting and stressful and, you know, um, wow, kind of moments. So if you are running a race, we want that sympathetic nervous system activity to kick in. So you have, you know, lots of energy. But when you're healing postpartum, we want as much parasympathetic nervous system activity to also occur because we want to also calm down our nervous system. We want to calm down our emotion, uh, emotional, or we want to help our emotional regulation. Um, And if we're always living, you know, those first six weeks in this state of like, all the time, (laughs) it can be very, very difficult for our bodies to focus its energy on healing. Okay, so I want you to think about choosing to breathe through times where you're stressed, choosing to breathe through times where perhaps you're in pain. Um, Obviously, you also need the appropriate medication or, you know, ways to other ways to manage your pain. Breathing is not the only thing, but breathing is one thing that you can also add in that is completely free that you're going to be doing for example, every single time you sit down or lie down to feed your child, whether you're breastfeeding, chest feeding, bottle feeding, formula feeding, pumping, whatever route that you choose to or that you end up feeding your baby, choose to do your breath work at that time. It's simple and effective because you're going to be sitting down there anyway for you know anywhere from 30 to 45 minutes, especially when you have a newborn, and you're doing that 8 to 12 times a day. So you spend a lot of time lifting and carrying. And breath work is a great way to bring in oxygen into your body, bring in oxygen into your muscles, into your uterus as it heals, into your skin as it heals. And 
um, you know, it's not that you're not breathing already. Obviously, if you're alive, you're breathing. So this is one thing that, uh, you know, you'll, you'll often go to see like, uh, I'm not going to say a physiotherapist, but you'll often go to like a yoga class or a physiotherapist or a trainer and they'll tell you to breathe this way. And so I always want to sh- tell you why I want you to breathe a certain way and to also let you know that there's so many ways to breathe and there's no right or wrong. There's just different options so that when you are going to practice this style of breathing, you don't have to feel the pressure of doing this all day, all the time. I just want you to focus on this for the few moments where you're sitting down with your baby to feed them and you have a couple moments um, and you're you're just watching them eat anyways. So you're, you can sit down there, get comfortable and practice this breath. So I mentioned this very briefly, but get comfortable, right? So you want to be comfortable when you're feeding your baby, because that's going to help prevent um, excessive muscle soreness from being in awkward, stretched out positions that your body just doesn't feel good in. So using a pillow behind your neck or back, if you need to using towel rolls underneath your, you know, underneath your elbows to kind of boost it up using a nursing cushion or pillow if you are breastfeeding and you need that support or even with your if you're pumping using a nursing pillow to kind of support the baby's weight so you're not having to carry everything all the time so that's step one is getting nice and comfortable and then now let's talk about the breath work a little bit more so your diaphragm is a breathing muscle that sits at the base of your rib cage and it just sits like a bell so like a an upside down U. And when you breathe in, that U reverses and it goes into a, a regular U. So it kind of descends downward into your abdomen. Now imagine you're pregnant, you have a big baby bump pushing up into that diaphragm, which means when you go to breathe in, it's not going to allow you to move that diaphragm down as much as it typically does. So your body's smart. It finds a different way to breathe. It will breathe through your upper shoulders a little bit more, through your chest a little bit more. And that's perfect for pregnancy. And then postpartum, if we're constantly breathing through our upper shoulders and our chest, we may miss out on some of the lungs capacity to get in oxygen. So some of that lower rib cage breathing that we missed out on on late pregnancy, we can practice again postpartum to kind of help regulate that breathing style. So what I want you to do is place your hands, if you if your hands are free, place your hands in your lower ribs on your on either side of your lower ribs. And if your hands aren't free, you can just bring your attention to that area. And I want you to breathe in through your nose. Sending that air through your lower ribs allowing your lower rib cage to expand in all directions. So sideways, front ways, diagonal, just expand 360 degrees. And as you exhale, let that rib cage come back in together. Inhale again. Pause and exhale. You can inhale and exhale through your nose. If you feel like you need to exhale through your mouth, you can do that as well. Um, But essentially what you're imagining, what you're doing is bringing in a lot of movement through that lower rib cage, which is where the base of your lungs sit. And it brings in more oxygen into the base of your lungs, which are nice and big. Uh, And more oxygen in your lungs means more oxygenation throughout your body. Um, And it 
we talked about this with stress postpartum and all of the stressful situations, crying babies, sleepless nights, pain, um, you know, relationship changes, all of that stuff that can happen postpartum, this basically gives you a strategy that you can use to kind of downregulate the sympathetic nervous system to calm yourself down a teeny tiny little bit more uh, and to bring some awareness back to your body. Your body likes to be held just like your baby likes to be held. Your body also wants to feel supported. So this is a very easy way to draw attention back to yourself and just focus on uh, on you for a few more minutes. So B of the bed mass is for breath. So bringing that breath work into your day every single time that you feed your baby. And if you miss a time or two, not to worry, but just even bringing in even once or two more times a day doing that breath work can really start to feel feel good. So the next part of bed mass is E. So E stands for eat. So you need to eat nourish your body with lots of food. If you have access to a variety of fruits and vegetables and proteins, um, great. You know, not everybody has the privilege to fresh produce all the time or to gourmet meals and, you know, organic foods. And that's okay. You do what you can with the means that you have and with the support system that you have. But I do want you to eat. There's this really unrealistic standard in postpartum with the bounce back culture and diet culture and, you know, trying to get as small as possible postpartum, lose your baby, um, your belly. And it's a problem. It's not healthy for the mother. And we really need to make sure that you are nourished, um, even if you're not breastfeeding. So this is, you know, a common misconception that, oh, but I'm not breastfeeding, so I don't need to eat. Yes, you do. You still need to eat to nourish your body to heal. So getting in your uh, fats and your proteins and your vitamins, your vitamin C's and your vitamin D's and all of those nutrients through food, through your prenatals or through your supplements, whatever way it is that you're you're getting it in. And that's a conversation for you to have perhaps with your healthcare provider, your your medical doctor, your naturopathic doctor, um, if you have a dietitian or a nutritionist for, you know, those are profession professionals that can support you through that. But food needs to be a priority. And if you need to eat through the night to either stay awake or to um, sustain you f- to produce more milk, that's okay. It, this, you know, all the rules are off in early postpartum. Um, you know, you don't have to feel like, oh, but I don't usually eat after 8pm. So I can't do that now. You can do whatever you need to to get through these days. Um, and eating is absolutely necessary. And that leads me to D, which is the D of bed mass. So D for drink. So drink lots of water, 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 like lots, lots of it. If you're producing, if you're breastfeeding, you definitely will feel that thirst cue and you'll want to drink a lot of water, um, especially if it's in the summer months. But regardless of time of year, drink adequate water. Your urine should be light yellow in color. If you're not drinking enough, you may find that you're getting more muscle aches and pains. Um, You're generally more sore. um, You also may find that your milk supply may not um, 
be adequate or it, it may have you may have more trouble regulating and the other thing is oftentimes postpartum you end up having hot flashes or you sweat a lot so you do lose a lot of fluid in your through your body so just making sure you're hydrating well throughout the day one thing that I love doing is just filling up my water bottle and sitting down with it before I start to feed my baby because then I have it right then and there I have it ready so that I'm not um not like sitting down there and then starting to get thirsty because usually after a few minutes of you starting to breastfeed, if you're breastfeeding, you'll feel that thirst cue kick in. And the worst thing is then you're kind of stuck there for half an hour with no water nearby and your throat's parched and, you know, it's just not a pretty story. And of course, if you have a partner or family support, you can have them bring you water as well. Um, but if you're by yourself at home, you know, setting yourself up with this prior to feeds or prior to naps can be very, very helpful. Uh, way to remind you to drink adequate water. So then let's talk about the M of bed mass. That's This is one of my favorites and that's me time. You might be thinking like, why is me time important when I'm recently postpartum? Well, this is the thing. You are going to be with baby 24-7 and you you're going to get touched out. You're going to get overwhelmed at times. And you also need some time for yourself just to hear yourself think, to breathe, and to start to process this big life change. Um, and one simple way is to just sit outside. If you have an outdoor space, sit outside for 5, 10, 15 minutes, or go for a walk if you are able to walk. Um, you know, getting away for some me time, sitting in your car and listening to music that you love. That's an easy thing that you can be doing when your baby is playing or sleeping, you know, if you have a partner uh, or a family member or a friend who's there to support you. If you are, you know, if you don't have any support, you can still get some me time in when your baby's, let's say, sleeping by just doing something that brings you joy. If it's listening to music or if it's having a cup of your favorite, you know, beverage, um, if it's seeing a friend, you know, those are things that fill your cup. So that is your you time, your me time that is going to be basically doing exactly what you want to do, prioritizing that every single day if possible. And if not every single day, at least every other day or every you know few times a week to start to get into that routine of self-care early on in your motherhood journey um, rather than waiting until your baby's a you know, certain age and then realizing that, oh my gosh, like years have passed and I haven't really done anything for myself, which I say that and you know, you probably know mothers in your life and maybe you are one of those mothers who has let a long, long time go by without really doing um, a lot for herself. And that's that's okay. You can't go and change the past, but you can decide today and tomorrow and the next day ahead what you want your motherhood journey to look like. And if you're early postpartum, getting into these habits early on can be helpful. One thing that I've heard from a lot of moms who've had children who are in the NICU or they've had, you know, that difficult transition postpartum um, that are, are is not maybe what they expected is even for them if you're in the hospital all the time and you're with baby and you really don't get a break to go home and shower or to you know even just go for a walk and um, get out and kind of do something that's a little bit less um, stressful, 
I think it can get really, really down or it can really weigh down on your on your mental health. So even just going out for a few minutes and getting some fresh air can be so, so helpful. So that brings me to A of bed mass and the A is ask for help. This is huge. And this is one thing that many moms struggle with, you know, especially like if you're an independent woman, uh, if you're an independent person, and you go and have a child, it, you still want to maintain that level of independence. And you sometimes feel like asking for help is a signal that you're not an adequate mom, or you can't handle it, or you're struggling. But you don't need to struggle in order to ask for help. You can ask for help when you're feeling great. That's the beauty of it. It's we need to normalize asking for help and also receiving help because sometimes help is offered and we say, no, no, we're good. And I definitely remember myself saying that many times, let's say a friend would visit and they'd ask like, oh, do you need anything? And I'd say, no, no, I'm good. Like, and even though I definitely needed help and I definitely would have loved for them to pick up some groceries or some food for me um, or even for me and my husband because we were both overwhelmed and we were both kind of going through it together for the first time. But there's this part of you that doesn't want to put this uh, on anyone else. And you're like, well, you know, we're responsible adults, so we have to figure out how to do this for ourselves. And while that may be true, you may be a responsible adults. Response being responsible also means learning when to ask for help, um, and that's a big lesson that I've learned between my when I had my first child and my second child. We're not expected to do this all by ourselves. I think that can be a huge kind of mindset shift postpartum and practicing from even during your pregnant days. If you're pregnant and listening to this, practicing asking for help during pregnancy. Uh, or setting up people to to do a meal train or to bring your groceries once a week after you've had a baby, especially for those first few weeks, can be so helpful. Nowadays, in a lot of places, there's online ordering, um, which the pandemic has kind of sped up that process of on, everyone doing online ordering for groceries. And it's been so helpful because we can order, we can go pick it up ourselves, or maybe send a family member to go pick it up for you so that that's taking you know, that's keeping that time for yourself for rest or for whatever it is that you want to do. Um, Also asking for help from professionals. So if you're struggling postpartum mentally, asking for help from a therapist, going to your family doctor and saying, I'm not doing so well. And if they try to slough it off to just like baby blues or, oh, this is normal, like even just advocating for yourself, you know, I debated the A for bed mass, keeping that as advocate, but um, it, it could be either. Really advocating for yourself and your baby if you feel like your baby needs help with, let's say, a tongue tie or lip tie or, or, or anything and asking for help, asking for answers, asking for lactation support or mental health support or physio, pelvic physiotherapy if you're having a lot of incontinence or pelvic pain or... Um, scar tissue pain and just difficulty healing you know having a consultation even virtually can be so informative and educational and also make you feel at ease so this brings me to the last component of bed mass which is s for sleep so sleep is very very crucial um get as much sleep as you possibly can and i know that's a joke in some ways because you're like what sleep you know my baby doesn't sleep And some newborns sleep all the time. And then other newborns 
don't. And some are somewhere in between. So it's your routine is so all over the place. And it's very difficult to even maintain a regular routine of regular eating time or sleeping time. But I really want you to prioritize rest or sleep. So if you're not able to sleep, even just lying down with your feet up or just lying down. So there's not constant pressure on your healing pelvic floor. And that's whether you've had a cesarean or vaginal birth, because guess what, your pelvic floor has been loaded and you know weighted down and stretched for nine months whether you've been due to pregnancy so whether you've had one you know vaginal birth or cesarean you still will benefit from taking that time to put your feet up and rest and you know one thing is um there's this expectation, especially in Western culture, that your baby's going to be basically be born independent and like you'll sh- you should be able to put your baby down to s- just nap from day one. Uh, and again, it depends on the baby. So if your baby's one of those babes that loves being held to sleep and that allows you to get some sleep, um, you know, find a safe way to make that happen. You can speak to your midwife or your OB or your family doctor or pediatrician just for some resources on safe sleeping with... Um, with either co-sleeping or sleeping near or um, with a child because this is normal in different parts of the world and I think that what's considered safe is separate sleeping sleeping surfaces because uh, of risk of suffocation and SIDS and we need to absolutely keep that in mind and that's why if you are somebody who is considering co-sleeping which Many parents don't consider it until they have a baby and suddenly they're like, hey, this is the only thing that works. Um, And if it works for you, amazing, but just asking for resources and how to make that as safe as possible for you um, so that both you get some sleep and your baby gets some sleep safely. So so bed mass to summarize, B-E-D-M-A-S, breathe, eat, drink, me time, ask for help and sleep or rest. So those are, that's a quick and easy acronym for you to remember. I hope that that helps give you some ideas for really focusing on healing postpartum. Um, everyone asks me, which exercises should I do postpartum? And I think that we need to worry less about which exercises to do in the first six weeks, especially the first four weeks. You know, Worry less about exercise and worry more about are you getting these basics, these essentials that will help your healing? Because guess what? Your body's pretty freaking amazing and it's going to do a great job healing um, if you're giving it as much support as you possibly can. You know, there's so many other conversations we could be having about, you know, scar healing and really activating your core and pelvic floor. But I wanted to talk about these basics because these are essentials across all pregnancies, across all births. Um, and I think that when we're give, when we're sent home without any framework or guideline on what is normal and what normal postpartum life is going to look like in those first six weeks, it can be very overwhelming. So I hope this gives you an idea of what, you know, five, six or six things that you can focus on really to help your body do its own thing and heal magically like it's meant to. Uh, If this conversation was helpful to you, please let me know, send me a DM or send me an email and let me know what you think. Uh, And I'm excited to hear from you. And please make sure to like this episode and subscribe to my channel so you don't miss out on any episodes. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Mom Strength and being part of this important conversation. Check out the show notes for more info and links and we'll chat again real soon.